Welcome to the Stuff in Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, our likes and dislikes, things you've seen, heard, or read to what we did, and what we do. You know, Stuff in Junk. Hello, my name is Albert. My name is Ruthie. This is Tommy. Uh, recently, I'm not sure if you saw in the news, in Florida, there was this 11-year-old uh, girl who was waiting for her school bus. And then this guy ro- drove, drove up and then gets out of his car and tries to kidnap the girl. Right? What? And, and, and she was able to get away, but she, but she was playing with some, some of her toys, which was a green slime, I guess. And she left like a mark on the guy. So when the cops were able to pick him up, she was able to, to spot him on the lineup because he had the marking on him. And she learned oh, this. Oh, smart. And she learned this from watching Law & Order Special Victims Unit, SVU. Law & Order Saves Lives. Yeah, yeah. She learned this through, from watching TV. Imagine that. Wait, what? Jumping? Oh, no, sorry. I was whispering something to my mom. I, I didn't think you guys would hear that, but sorry. Oh, you can totally <laughs> hear that. And so, so are the listeners, too. <laughs> God damn it. You know what I didn't learn from TV? How to be slick. <laughs> Anyways, and, and you know what we need to learn, Albert. We need to learn how to speak Chinese, <laughs> so we we know have have Jessica re-listen or later, and then um, have her have her translate, translate. for you. <laughs> and in a similar matter, also kind of almost roughly connected with the previous episode, uh, there was a boy who actually saved his sister who was choking uh, via a CPR technique, right? And he learned the CPR from watching this. This TV show that happened to start John Cena in it. So, so once again, watching TV, he learned something and it saved his sister. Imagine that. Wow. There's actually multiple stories online that you can find about like people saving uh, somebody through CPR methods that they've learned from movies or TV shows or yeah. whatever. There was a famous one a couple of years ago where the, the kid watched uh, uh, The Rocks. Remember San Andreas? Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was CPR in that movie. It's a terrible movie, by the way. I, I don't recommend it. Even mm-hmm. if it's save a life, it's a terrible movie. But uh, he watched it, and then he saved. I th- no, it was the older sister watched it and saved his younger, her younger brother, uh, because of Andreas. They learned CPR and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. And, and I'm pretty sure there are people out there who, who are taking drugs who who learn how to resuscitate somebody by watching Pulp Fiction, right? 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 Wow. <laughs> Good lord! I know I'm, a, I'm. I know I'm a heroin addict just because of it. <laughs> But the the point I'm making the point I'm making here is that that even though a lot of people will tell you oh you learn things by going to school, uh, no and, and you don't, you, and you learn things from like the religion that you that you believe in, and you learn yeah. things from what your parents teach you. There are there are still things you can learn from pop culture, right? Even even though throughout my whole life, not throughout my whole life, but in a good chunk of it. People keep reminding you, oh, TV is the boom is the boob TV or boob tube where you don't learn anything. It's dumb TV or whatever. You know, comic books you're not gonna get anything out of comic books. Blah 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 blah. But the point is that there are many things in life that you can learn things from, and a lot of it is entertainment, right? So I thought we'd go go over this episode, talk about some of the things we learned from the stuff that we watch or read or listened to when we were young or even very recently, you know. Who wants, to, who wants to go first? Hmm. I guess I'll go first. I don't. You go first. <laughs> I'll go first. Are we, first off, are we actually ready for this episode? Ruti, jumping? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> God. Okay, fine. Yeah. We're going to wing it. Stuff and junk mm-hmm. show. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll go first. So, 
there's this movie that came out in 1986 called Transformers the Movie, right? So this oh is this is a yeah. slight spoiler, but I think everybody knows what happens in the movie. Optimus Prime <laughs> dies. Okay, what? Yes, no. <laughs> Optimus Prime Very traumatic, so. dies in as 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 a kid in like in the in the mid '80s watching this. It was it was kind of traumatic in a sense that Optimus Prime, who who is this like paragon yeah. of good and heroicness in the TV show, died in in this day. But he died saving saving mm-hmm. like a new character. Uh, that 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 essentially takes over the Hot show. Rod. Hot Rod, yes, correct. Um, yeah. This so episode... you learned to sacrifice your life for uh, uh, a new character on TV. You jumped in front of a, a somebody, one of your friends had a blaster. <laughs> you jumped in front of it. No, I, I'd I, be I, awesome. What I learned, what I learned from that scene, it isn't that I I was uh-huh. exposed to death because I've seen death in other stuff prior to this. Right. Mm-hmm. I was exposed mm-hmm. to the idea. That an older generation does have to die and pass on what they learn wow. through a new generation. Ooh, harsh. Wow. <laughs> Is this really harsh? Wow. I mean, come that's on. A hard, that's, a, that's a harsh lesson. Oh, wow. All, all, everything must die. All, all must die. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to die. I'm just saying, I'm saying the passing to a new generation was, was introduced in this movie for kids. You know, get out of here, Optimus Prime. Get out of here. You're useless now. What's funny is, they doubled up on that scene. What your what the lesson is? They doubled up on that scene later on with uh, Megatron, right? Because uh, Megatron gets mortally wounded, right? And then they're leaving, they're escaping and stuff like that. And then Stars and Starscream started kicking everybody off the spaceship because they the spaceship weighed too much. They couldn't get home. And Megatron was like, "Hey, hey, man, I'm still alive. I still live." And then Starscream's like, "Nope." He kicked his old ass out. You know what I mean? Yeah, it goes back to what you're saying. Old generation have to die. They, yeah, they, it's. It's, it's that whole uh, what's that thing that the Eskimos do? They uh, Eskimos. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they say Eskimos anymore. Like the indigenous <laughs> people do. They they take the old people, they put on the ice, and they kick them out in the in, in the, in the water. It's good times. The, the problem the problem with that analogy is that Megatron becomes Galvatron. Okay, yeah. he gets a new body and 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 comes back and kills Starscream. So I don't know what that tells you. Like you know, what your grandfather dies and suddenly he comes back to life and then he kills you. That's the story you're saying. It's such a topic. <laughs> it's a very confusing message. It's, it's a, it's not clean. Is it, that's what you're saying? It's not yeah. elegant. Yeah. Like, well, let, let's let's see how clean this is. Jumping. What what is your what is your first pick? Oh, since uh, I'm, I'm going to take the same approach as uh, uh, Albert. Uh, I'm not going to do like little, little tricks or little fun facts I learned from movies and stuff like that. I'm going to do something a little bit more serious because I'm going to talk about every, the thing that uh, everybody loves to talk about, which is like race. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. And you guys came you guys came to America like in the 90s, right? Uh, yes. In the, 90, yeah, in the 90s. 91, I think, I believe specifically for me. Right. And I, yes I came and a, no. yeah. right. I came a little bit earlier. I came in, I think, 82. I believe ugh, I'm old, but I came right in the middle of of, of Reagan's uh, uh, term. You know, his eight years, and okay. I don't know if you guys study history, but Reagan was not very friendly to the African Americans of of the of, of America. Stuff like that, you know what, what? I mean? What? Yet, based on what I could tell as an immigrant uh, who didn't uh, who didn't understand English, if I watched when I watched the TV, apparently there was like crackheads, black uh, uh, crimes committed by black Americans uh, around the corner, twenty four hours, twenty four seven. But and my, you know what? I'll throw my parents under the bus. They're, them raising me didn't help because they're not the most racially sensitive people in the world. Of it. But you know what really saved me is a little show called Ray, Reading Rainbow by Le, oh. uh, with LeVar Burton. Right? Georgie LaFord. Yes. The, I think his main lesson was, was teaching me to read. But, you know, 
readings for losers. I haven't, okay. I, you know what I mean? I haven't read a book in years. But anyway, but what what really stuck with me, what really carries me to this day, not that I'm perfect when it comes to race and racial sensitivity and all that stuff, you know what I mean? But the the fact that I saw a black man, a young black man, uh, every day after school, telling me, you know, everything's gonna be okay, just read, try hard, and stuff like that, really kind of. Uh, uh, it's the reason I carried with me and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It really, it really was a ca- nice counterbalance, a true counterbalance to uh, whatever was happening in, in Reagan's America back then. So yeah, reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow did to mm. you what uh, what um, Mister Rogers did when he had when he had his yeah. uh, the, the postman person, right? Was it the postman? Yeah, hmm? yeah, he yeah. did the exact same kind of thing. You know, to show yeah. to show people, hey, black people are are people too. You know, kind yeah, of crazy, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that. interesting. I think we talked about this, but when the the whole this has been a recent renaissance of uh, of Mister Rogers in the last couple of years, you know, a documentary and movie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is for some for whatever reason, Mister Rogers was it just bypassed me. It, it went, I didn't it didn't hit on it hit on me. I'm a person who says, you know what, it should make a movie about you know, reading Jory LaForge, reading Rainbow, <laughs> Lamar Burton and stuff like that, because that's my guy. That's the guy I I sort of uh, cling to, and that was my role model growing up. Yeah, for me, it was yeah. Sesame Street. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I had a little Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. Yeah. yeah, I had a little Sesame Street. I had a little Fraggle Rock. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, those, those are my, my shows. Yeah. yeah, and once again, these, these are things that we didn't learn in school. Not really. You yeah. know, like like the whole yeah. focus in history about, about black people is just the slavery thing, but that's about yeah. it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, not really anything else. Yeah, and, and you, don't, you, don't really listen, you don't really learn about the circle of life in, in, in school really either. So mm-hmm. I got Optimus Prime for that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So and Ruthie. I have Xeno Warrior Princess for that. Oh, really? Yeah, she did. <laughs> Go ahead, Ruthie. Oh, what, what, is your, what is your pick? Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be Xeno Warrior Princess. Oh. Like, I just, I think I might have been, I was really young when that show came out. And I remember just loving it. Because, like, I had, I wasn't a typical girl growing, growing up. I was kind of, you know, a tomboy. I loved playing outside, playing with boys, getting dirty, you know, playing in the dirt and, like, getting my knees scraped. And, like, I... I guess it was just not the gender norm, of course, growing up in the in the 80s and 90s, naturally, like the whole like um, being more gender, um, well, being less gender role conscious is is a fairly new concept within the last decade. Mm -hmm. So growing up, like watching her on TV gave me so much pride for being a, a not a typical girl. And like, I remember every time some I would hear another girl or some some adult talking about how, oh, I want to be a princess when I when I get married, I want to feel like a princess that day. And, and this is a true story. Like every time some adult would ask me, Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want, what kind of princess do you wish you are? Like, I'd be like, I want to be Xena warrior princess. I want to be a badass, <laughs> kick ass, sword wielding, like boomerang, whatever wielding kind of woman. Like I want to be able to just like kick ass out there, be better than the boys. And you know that that just became a huge part of who I am, and like even even to this day, like I see it, whenever I see this show on TV, I'm still like very much in love with the <laughs> with the whole concept of the story because it was very near and dear to, to my heart, and like the whole women's you know girl power movement mm-hmm. that went on in the '90s with Spice Girls and every and um and everything else, like that was just like a huge empowerment and like deeply shaped who I am today as a woman um, in terms of like just learning more and like 
being more independent, doing things myself, not relying on anybody for anything. And yeah, that was like my pivotal 90s um, thing. So it was really the, the strong female uh, character that, mm-hmm. that really stuck yeah. with you. And, and this is something that a lot of like people, well, boys and ma- boys and man-childs complain about with some of the fiction nowadays where they have a strong female character and all they do is complain, oh, like, it's so unbelievable. Look how strong she is. That's, not, that's, that, that's, that, that's, that's hard to believe, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. nice that, that Xena was one of those pioneers for you about a strong female yeah. character. Yeah, and I'm glad, like, like and she was, like, the only, I mean, aside from Wonder Woman, but even Wonder Woman had, like, you know, their, their uh, gender issues with sexism and everything that had to do with it. And I'm, I'm sure, like, you know, Xena also had to, had issues in their shows, too, that were kind of misogynistic. But, you know, it was one of those, the firsts that, you know, showed that, showed young girls that women could be strong figures, too. Yeah. Arguably also one of the first shows to show two lesbians in the lead. But yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. Were they though? Were they? That's wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Growing up, my mom was like, "Are you, you know, my child? If you're if you're a lesbian, you can tell me. <laughs> I will accept you no matter what." I'm like, "Oh, mom, if only." I like, I wish, but yeah. And the show the show was too early to to confirm that what we what we we, we see it we see it happening like like we it's obvious, isn't it? Yeah, but we're gonna say it yeah. is. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> Okay, back to me, back to me. So, once again, for me, the 80s. A very formative years for me in the 80s. Uh, there's a singer called Whitney Houston. And, and she sang this song called The Greatest Love of All. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you ever actually listen to the song, like the lyrics, it's actually uh, not what you might think the, the song really is. If, if you don't pay attention. If you don't pay attention, you just think, oh, it's a love story or whatever. It's not. It's, it's actually, well, in a way, it kind of is. It's actually uh, reaffirming. Uh, well, I, I guess it goes to the, the 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 one line that really stuck with me. You know, uh, is that uh, that that loving yourself is the greatest love of all. Okay, mm-hmm. so the the whole the whole song pretty much revolves like like the future, the future of people and what and whatnot. But you can't get to that point if you don't love yourself. And I think that that, that one really hit me hard when when I when I actually listen to the lyrics and like oh that's so true so true you can't you can't know yourself if you don't love yourself and even 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 who you are if you can't get to to where you want to be it's okay even the song acknowledges that the last lines of the song is pretty much like uh, like you like the person who's singing this failed but that's okay is that's that's kind of that's kind of where the song goes and i, I think i think many, not very many people actually listen to the whole lyrics but it's actually kind of sad song but it's also very empowering as well. But yeah, yeah, Aww. that song, Greatest Love of All. Especially in the context of what happened, especially if you look into the prism of what happens, what happened to her, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. It's really, it's dope, it's really tragic that she, you know, she couldn't, you know, fulfill that, that idea of loving yourself and be happy with yourself. Because she had a lot of demons and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, so this goes to my next pick, which is uh, Princess Little Red Corvette, which is about a woman's hoo-ha. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, thank are you, you. serious? So, so serious? No, no, no. I'm, I'm kidding. Is it Little Red Corvette that's about? Is, is it? Is it? Is it uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Prince songs that's about someone's yeah, about, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he's really in, he's really into chicks. Is what I'm saying. Mm, no, yeah. my second pick is actually uh, Cisco and Ebert, the old TV show Cisco yeah, and Ebert right. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You hear know I me? Mean? I used to watch this uh, every weekend uh, in my late in my early teens and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And the thing is, before I watched started watching Cisco and Ebert, I would just be like, you know, most consumers, I would just whatever big movie, whatever big whatever movie was, you know. Uh, advertised in the newspapers or TV commercials back then, I would go watch. I wouldn't think much of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, you know what I mean? I watch it. I either thought of it as good, bad. You know what I mean? But it was only after I started watching Cisco Ebert where I started notice uh, when I started being more critical of TV, uh, of movies and stuff like that. You know what right. I mean? Where I started, uh, uh, what do you call? It? Uh, they pointed out how, how movie cliches, how how characters should be written more more original and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that's something that I always carried with me. Not only just when I watch movies. Sort of like mass entertainment, popular entertainment in, in general. You know what I mean? That you, it's not art. It's not something that just sort of you that washes over you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Washes well, art is something that should be uh, thought about critically. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's important. You know Critical I mean? it thinking. To, yeah, it speaks to not only you, your the the the, the culture, the community that you, that you live in, but also the time and place you are. We are. You know what I mean? It's about like uh, Cisco always says. Well, why? Why is he a film critic? What? What? What captivates him? He he says it's uh it's it's because it the movies represent uh, our, uh the American dream our, our dreams our hopes our desires our needs our wants and stuff like that. You hear me? And that yeah. So yeah, that's Scooby-Doo. That's my second pick. That was actually gonna be in my three picks, but then it kind of mm-hmm. bumped it off with my next pick. Uh, yeah. but yeah, but I mean, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned it because I I didn't have yeah. to. But yeah. Uh, the whole idea about being critical thinking about watching movies came from Cisco Lieber for me as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and like you, I'm like, I don't believe that like movies should just, just be entertainment that just yeah. watches over you. You got to think about what you're watching. You got to analyze it yeah. and yeah. understand why you like it. Yeah, what's that expression? Uh, oh, a movie. Some some movies you just turn your brain off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, just don't think about it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. Believe, that's. I don't believe that at all. But you even know, believe- even even movies where quote unquote you turn your brains off actually has things you can you can analyze and why mm-hmm. that is even the case in the first place. Mm-hmm. So there. Yeah. All right. So Ruti, what is your next pick? Um, my next pick would be on the lighter side. Um, Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Because, yeah. <laughs> all right. Wait, the the, the little Japanese toy that uh, the little that you had to keep alive? Uh huh. And that is because I never had one. Oh my god! Oh, you oh, okay? Um, okay, let's hear the story. Yeah. Go ahead. So what's your, my what's your, lesson what's for that fork? was. Before this what, to your parents, tell them how how tell them how cheap, <laughs> how cheap is that what we're saying? Right. It's, a sla- it's a slam on them. <laughs> well, I actually didn't grow up with um, any video games in the house. I didn't grow up with oh my god, um, like uh, what do you call it? The Nintendo, like the the handheld yes, it's called Game Nintendo. Boy, yes. yeah, Game, Game, Boy, Game Boy, Boy, or <laughs> or you know anything else. I mean, the sounds had, like abuse. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> but see, like especially with Tamagotchi, when everybody else in school, all my friends had Tamagotchi, and I didn't. Like it gave me a sense of like, well, who cares? You know, like I didn't feel I learned something about myself that I didn't really it wasn't like easy for me to succumb to pressure to like peer pressure, especially. So like I kind of was able to use that growing up as like, oh, okay, well, just because I don't have something that everybody else has doesn't mean like I should feel insecure about myself or that I should whine about it. I should cry about it because actually like I had like pets at home. So like what difference did it make to have a Tamagotchi to like spend your time on an electronic pet 
that might die on you within a few days if you don't feed or water it when I actually have like live pets at home that actually need my attention, you know? So yeah, that kind of like just taught me a valuable lesson that um, I wish a lot of other kids like felt growing up that you don't always need to do what everybody else is doing in order to feel like you like to feel okay with yourself. And I think this also circles back to um, the song, the song by Whitney Houston, which Albert mentioned, um, that you have to be it's generally just you have to be okay with yourself in order to be okay. You have to be okay with not having things that other people have and just accept the fact that just because you don't have it doesn't mean you're less than. Just because you have it doesn't mean that you can easily allow other kids to bully you because of it. Because like other kids will bully you because not to say that bullying is okay, but when certain kids don't have the sense the same sense of security within themselves and it will be easier for them to get bullied. But having a certain toy in order to fit in isn't always the answer. Agreed. So like the, you're saying you're saying this is yeah. a, a heavy pick, but that, dude, that's that. This is a heavy pick, seriously. Yeah, it can, yeah, it was like yeah. something that I always carried with me. Also, like other than you know, Xena Warrior Princess being badass, mm -hmm. um, not needing to fit in in order to fit in, mm -hmm. and that always kind of has become my niche, mm -hmm. um, like my thing like even into adulthood was like I don't care if somebody like tells me I look funny in the boots somewhere I love them I'll I'll rock them if I want <laughs> you know I don't care if somebody's gonna make fun of like oh what you know why don't you have this why don't you have that like well I don't feel like I need it so why do I need to buy it just because everybody else has it yeah. you know kind of like those those kind of things so yeah. like uh if instead of becoming um, an insecurity or instead of becoming a deficiency, not having a Tamagotchi, it kind of became my unique thing. Well, I don't need a Tamagotchi. I have a dog at home. <laughs> like, what do you guys have? Do you guys mm -hmm. have dogs and pets? Yeah. No, I, I totally yeah. understand. It's like it's not, nowadays, well, how, how, does playing, how does playing out in schools nowadays is that one school kid has an Android phone and everybody else an iPhone. Totally, mm -hmm. totally yeah, relate. Exactly. 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 Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right, Albert? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. Yeah. All right, back to me. Uh, so my pick is uh, actually a comic book, especially a, a comic book series called The Uncanny X-Men. Okay? The Uncanny X-Men wasn't my first comic book series that I read because it was like Batman and Superman and whatnot. But way before that, way before that. And it wasn't Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man was before X-Men as well. But once I got into Uncanny X-Men, my mind was completely opened up. This isn't. This wasn't your typical superhero comic book, and, and the subject matter of the fact that it covers prejudice and racism and all that stuff, mm -hmm. even in allegory sense, was my first introduction to prejudice and racism. And prior to that, as a young kid reading this, I didn't know what those were, but I learned it through the X Men, you know, because you know in the Philippines they weren't really teaching that in school, so there's that, <laughs> yeah. you know. So so yeah, this this was my first experience about like like people are afraid of what they don't understand and people hate what they don't understand and all that stuff. So yeah, I think I think this was an important uh, part of my life reading Uncanny X Men and and seeing the the prejudice and racism play out in comic book form in allegories of villains and heroes and and whatnot. That and also like like every time every time they had like female characters in Uncanny X Men, they always draw them really hot. So I've also learned that that, that, that cartoon characters can look pretty hot. Yeah. 
easy. Keep your pants on. In the awakening of Albert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and for whatever reason, like a lot of a lot of the X Men female characters, their, their their clothes keep getting torn off or something. Like I like I don't know what's going on here. Why is this? So it's all part of the mission, man. <laughs> yeah, Chris Claremont, you're a genius, man. Yeah. <laughs> How to gain a teenage boy's imagination. And attention. Yeah, like, like, for, I'll give you an example. And I, I know, I know, I'm, I'm moving away from the prejudice and racism thing here, but uh, like, like, Rogue, add sexism. The the, 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 the character of Rogue. Okay, her power is if you touch her skin, she absorbs your powers or your thoughts mm-hmm. or your minds, right? So for whatever reason, every time she's in battle, her clothes can get get ripped apart so many freaking times. I mean, like, <laughs> like how much more to the point can you say, like, oh, don't touch my skin, but here's my all my clothes are very rippable, like. Okay. <laughs> maybe that's that's maybe that's part of the threat. If yeah, you dare come yeah. close enough to rip my clothes, you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, or maybe she's just wearing like thicker clothes. So, but but as a as a young boy, I didn't mind so much. But okay. all right, all right, keep your pants <laughs> on. You're not a young boy anymore. Keep your pants on. Relax. And that is what I, I learned. This was a PG thirteen. Um, thought this was a PG show. <laughs> and then, that's what I learned from the X Men. Mm-hmm. Okay, jumping. Uh, I'm going to uh, mention something that uh, my next pick is something that's actually still going on. This is season 33, 34, maybe 40. I don't know. I lost count, but it's The Simpsons. Oh. Uh, the Simpsons, uh, what do you call it? Simpsons premiered when I was like 11 or 12. It's still with us. And it's the, the, probably the defining TV show of, uh, of my generation, something like that. You know what I mean? It went up against uh, like all the generations. Yeah. It's, Multiple it's, generations. It's, yeah. People forget, people don't know like how revolutionary it was, how, uh, how, how anti anti sitcom anti establishment it was it's like anime animation it went up against the Cosby Show and stuff like that you know what I mean it was subversive it was you know what I mean it was a family that's sort of in crisis instead of like it, like telling you everything's okay you know what I mean and then the the thing about the Simpsons is is how well especially the first like six or seven seasons is how well it ages and how many jokes you pick up as you go as you get older and stuff like that. Because going uh, when I was in my twenties, after I watched some like you know some real movies, I realized there was a lot of Simpsons episodes that parodied, uh, you know, uh, 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 Hitchcock movies. They parodied two thousand and one. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's incredible. So the thing I, I took away from the Simpsons is it's sort of like like I said to be sort of subversive, to be anti-authority, anti-authoritarian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And also talk to uh, parody. You know, making fun of things that that are that are in pop culture and stuff like that. Simpsons. Mm-hmm. That's my next pick. So you were all like, "Eat my shorts." Exactly. Eat my. Remember they had parts of that rap video. Remember? Yes, correct, correct. So, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, this this explains a lot to your for your humor, Jamie. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> Actually, I would, yeah, yeah. I would say the two two things that sort of define my humor were probably the uh, Letterman Show and probably the Simpsons. Those are probably the two. There yeah. you go. All right, Ruthie. Uh, you get the final pick. Um, mine would be Wishbone on HBO. Um, you know, you know that you guys know that show. Um, what's the story? Wishbone. It's no like idea. another tale. It's super. It's like a super cheesy children's um, show. I loved it growing up. Um, it was just like a fairy tale kind of retelling of fairy tale stories um, through this through this dog. Like the dog would play different characters in the fairy tales, like Robin Hood or King Arthur, or even historical, um, even historical uh, stories. Uh, like 
I don't know. So I, I, I don't remember like the stories off the top of my head, but it's TV shows like that that actually engaged me so much because well, one, I love animals. So like dog playing, like a real dog playing characters, pretending he can talk, <laughs> you know, really grabbed my attention. So like I learned so much about these um, stories and these tales that normally kids wouldn't really learn about until like maybe high school, like middle school or high school mm-hmm. or sometimes even college. But it was like very simplified that at least you understand you get the gist of the story within like a half hour period and it's being played. Of course, it's like not to detail, but at least it gives you it imprints in your mind as a young person that, oh, I remember this story when you hear it again when you're in high school. Oh, I remember this story when you hear about it again in college or like when you come across this book when you're older and you're like, oh, wait, I heard about this story. So it becomes familiar. You become excited and more interested and because there's like that sentimental value to it. And then when you read more more about it and like actually learn about the actual events or read the actual book, then you still go back to like I would still go back to that memory of, oh, this is how they told it to me that these parts were true. These parts were not. These parts were like, you know, we're given um, creative uh, freedom, but, you know, pretty much like it has the gist of the story. So, you know, little things like that, like also um like just going off on a tangent here, like Discovery Channel or the History Channel, also on TV. Like TV was basically our babysitter in the '90s, right? Mm-hmm. So like things like that, like I would watch on TV, and it was just imprint. This was before like History Channel and National Geographic, where Discovery Channel had all those stupid, all these stupid reality shows. So I actually learned things, and into my adulthood, I never would have learned in school about the about history about. Um, world history about geography about places I've never seen or never will see which opened my mind and made me more curious to see more parts of the world um, things like you know hearing about the story from Wishbone like where is this place where where is that place that they're talking about is it real is it not like what's true what's not you know it, it kind of you know small shows like that in the 90s like really challenged my mind growing up into just like asking more questions and like being more curious about the world. So yeah, I guess that was, um, that, that would be my, my third pick. Okay. So Which it, it kind of goes with the whole like Sesame street and read the rainbow. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing specific, but, but that, yeah. But like things like that, like it would, it, it enriched, like I have memories, of, like what my sister would say, unnecessary information because I didn't learn it in school. I'm like, well, if yeah, I didn't learn it in school, I wouldn't learn it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's good to have knowledge, right? Knowledge is power. So better to have knowledge that seems unnecessary, but it's free. Why not? Why not have it? Exactly. Exactly. And there you go. We gave, we gave you guys uh, three picks. Uh, I will say they are very personal picks because we said things that were personal here. We're very personal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So listeners, if you listen to this, Think about the stuff that you uh, watched, read, or listened to when you were young, and think about like how much it actually affected your life, and because they do. All right, thanks for listening. My name is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert Five by Five. And my name is Ruthie. You can find me on Instagram at Ruthie Grace Thirteen and Ruthie's Cats. And just drop me. You can find me on Twitter J I A M I N G L O U. Music has been provided by the White Access. Contact info, ways to support us, and everything else can be found on whowhatworswhy.com as well as the show notes. Before we go, let me give guys a quick recommendation here. 
Um, if you're using Google Photos to be your unlimited saving uh, photo album, video, thingamabob in the cloud kind of thing, well, Google Photos is going to stop its free unlimited uploads on June 1st, 2021. Okay, so my recommendation is if you don't have a Pixel phone, because Pixel phones are still supported by the unlimited uploads. If you don't have a Pixel phone, then my suggestion would be Amazon Prime Photos. Okay, Amazon Prime Photos doesn't do video, but if you have a Prime subscription, use Amazon Prime Photos, and they do free photo uploads. Okay. Yeah, but then when are, when are, when are they going to start charging you? I know, right? But for now, <laughs> for now, <laughs> if you need if you need an alternate cloud service to store your photos after Google Photos stops allow you to upload free unlimited photos, go to Amazon Prime Photos until the next best thing comes along. Uh, now the the alternative is get one of those USB flash drives that you can hook up to the phone and you can just transfer it your. Easily lose. Yeah, I mean. They're... I mean, there is no real difference between a big conglomerate and like a drug dealer. You know what I mean? The first taste is free, guys. Yeah. First taste is free. You just, gotta, you, you just gotta go to a different dealer that can give you the better deal than the current dealer, essentially, right? But the alter, the alternative is go buy a USB flash drive that you can hook up to your phone and just transfer yeah. your phones and video manually, and then store it through that. You know, it won't be in the cloud, but but at least you have a place that you can store your photos and mm-hmm. and videos for free. Yeah. So just a heads up. Yeah, Google Photos stops free unlimited uploads on June 1st, 2021. And a lot of people take advantage of that, especially those who don't have a Pixel phone. So, yeah. So what about the pictures that are already on Google Photos? Does that just stay? You just can't? You, you just can't add anymore. You just can't add anymore. Those will still be oh, there. Okay. Yeah, they they don't get deleted. They're they're just there. And then and then after June first, uh, anything anything after that will add to the storage space. Oh, okay. That's cool. how they're gonna make money. Yeah. So uh, no more dick, new dick pics. Your old dick pics will be there, guys. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah, your old dick pics will be there. This was episode 443 of the Stuff and Junk Show. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, this has been a podcast on the Who What's Worst Why Network. <laughs>